Quit the 9 to 5 with Ben Handler. Getting you out of the rat race and into a career buying property. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm the co-host, Alex Whitlock. Uh, joining me today is the host, Ben. G'day, how are you? I am not too bad. A little bit of a cold, but uh, nothing that slowed me down too much. <laughs> look, always uh, look forward to catching up, Ben. Um, this is uh, you know, a great opportunity to, to speak to people directly who are thinking about taking that move, taking control of their lives, taking, you know, creating a better future for themselves and going into business and look, you know, sort of quitting the nine to five. Um, look, before we get into it, um, just sort of talking offline, you've got something a little bit special uh, that you're going to offer to our listeners this week. There's a special April offer for them who are, look, who are thinking about sort of taking control of their lives and uh, moving into business for themselves. Yeah, correct. The, the enrolments so far have just been... It's, we've been getting inundated, so I just thought, especially to the SPI audience who do listen in regularly, that for the first five people that do uh, inquire with me direct, which I'll talk about at the end how to do that, uh, there will be a special offer to those first five. Fantastic. Obviously, uh, you specifically deal in working with buyers agents, but the reality is that uh, very little of what what your uh, students on your course learn about is the actual buyer's agency side of things, which, as you've said many times before, is straightforward. It's really about the opportunity to run an effective business and do the things that um, you teach your your students to do the things that maybe uh, when you go into business yourself, you don't necessarily get a chance to learn. Yeah, correct. And this is my perspective around the, the traditional education system and how everything works is, you know, when I when I went to university... I went for five years, did building construction and property, did a thesis, and I came out and I wouldn't know what to do to start a business. If I wanted to go out on my own, I'd have no idea. So I went and worked corporate uh, for a public company and went through that procedure, learnt a lot, again, came out of that, no idea how to run a business. And so I started Cohen Handler, my former company, after I left Charter Hall, and I was left to, in my own device to work out what to do. Because there was no, I had no mentors in, in the buyer's agent space. It was a very small industry at that stage 11 years ago. So I had to work it out myself. And at that point, I started to work out that a lot of people aren't taught the the critical elements of running a business. Let's be really clear that um, learning to work it out for yourself, if you're successful in doing that, uh, really sort of gives you a very, very strong platform, not only to run your own business, but also to, you know, to be a mentor to other people. But there are so many people that have a, a fantastic business idea. They maybe spot an opportunity in the marketplace, maybe a gap, but they don't have the tools to effectively run a business. And, and that these people fall foul. They become a statistic of the, you know, the new businesses that, that fall down. I, it's, you know, sort of, I think one out of every 10 makes it for, through the first, you know, sort of three years because it is hard to go out on your own, even with a really solid idea, with a great education and great training to actually do the things that, that are required to run a successful business. Correct. And let's say it's school or university, college or wherever we're getting our certification. We're not taught around really how to manage money. We're not taught around how to really recruit people, how to build our business, how to build our profile, how to scale. We're not taught that. And that's why a lot of people, it's quite foreign. If you run your own business, you're the minority. Uh, Most people do work for people because I feel like they're not properly educated around how to get out and execute. And so at the Buyers Agent Institute, the way I've designed this business was based on a lot of the data at Cohen Handler where a lot of the struggles that came from the buyers agents were typical business problems. It wasn't around buying property. Buying property is a skill and you've got to really work 
hard at developing that skill. However, there's but so much- As much as a, it's a discipline as well, correct. really. You know, and, and, and I'm not a buyer's agent, but I've worked with buyer's agents for years and years. And this is one of the reasons why I love this podcast with you. I've used buyer's agent to buy oh, probably 25 properties now, but it's, it's really a discipline and it's analysis. The real skill in being a buyer's agent as an individual, outside of what you do for your client, for you as a, as, as a, as a, as a business owner, is in learning how to run an effective business and a, and a lucrative business and a business that's profitable and then, you know, attracts more customers. And that's not the actual buyer's agent bit. You're spot on. And that's exactly right. It, it's, it's a discipline. And the majority of issues that came up when I was running Cohen Handler with the buyer's agents was not about buying property. They were not walking in to the office during the day and saying, Ben, I can't buy property. That's my problem. The problem was building their profile, building their business within a business, uh, finding customers, uh, all that style of stuff, or if they wanted to recruit people in their team. And so they became the apparent problems, and that's what I address in the institute. And these are, these are problems that less, less, they're, they're not unique to, to being a buyer's agent. This is any business. Correct. So you've had a – I know that you've had um, quite a number of people who go through the academy, through the institute, so that's, that's in the hundreds now. Yeah, it's just we've basically cracked 300 members that's outstanding. Yeah, it's it's great. It, it's awesome. And just for, before we sort of go into some of the common things, let's just have a, just a bit of a recap as to what the process is. So uh, just talk us through what happens when, when you sign up and then sort of the ongoing relationship. Yeah, so the way the program works, it's right now it's a five-week online program that can be done within five weeks. That's why it's uh, we've labelled it as five weeks. Yep. However, the learning doesn't stop after five weeks. I, I understand how important it is to continuously educate yourself in this space. So every week of the year, 52 weeks of the year, even during Christmas, we run a live coaching webinar run by me. So I, I dedicate my time and I address problems. Tonight, for example, in the webinar, we've got Mike Mortlock, who's a quantity surveyor. We're talking tax depreciation. We're going to go through schedules. So we're constantly educating the members. And then they've also got you know access to me as well. If they want to reach out and ask a question, they can. We've also got coaches as well now. So- We've created a community of just ongoing support. So these these members feel like they're in a business. So let's look at let's have a, let's have a quick look at some of of, of the, the members that have joined you. What have been some of the common reasons why they have made this move? They've obviously listened to the podcast. They've they may be uh, known you from your previous time at Cohen Handler, but what have been the common things that have spurred people to take action and to actually participate in this course? Yeah, it's an interesting question. A lot of it is people there, they're very passionate about property. So they they scroll, on, they scroll on real estate and domain during the day and they may be a plumber or they may be an investment banker or whatever it is and they start to work out that maybe I want to start maybe pursuing this passion or monetizing their existing knowledge that they have in property because they may have bought a lot of property and they want to start monetizing it. So they typically come in to really start, I think, pursuing their passion. Some people are at a different level where they actually aren't that passionate about property but they know that property could be their calling. And they want to then get in the door, and a lot of them don't want to be real estate agents. And they've also recognised the fact that you know maybe some people have looked, at, they want to be a business person, they want to, they want to take control of their lives, and they're looking for an opportunity to move into. And, and maybe some of these people have spotted the fact that as an industry, buyers agents, there are only really sort of, oh, there's less than a thousand of them out. There's only hundreds really of buyers agents. Correct. There are tens and tens and tens of thousands of real estate agents. So this is a real growth industry and a real opportunity. And for people like myself who use a buyer's agent, there is incredible demand. So maybe these are people who've just seen this as being a really viable business opportunity. They know that through doing your course, they can learn the disciplines and the skills, which are the minor part in terms of applying the trade. But they, they're obviously looking for something where there is a lot of demand and there's not enough supply. 
Correct. It's a, as you said, it's a business opportunity. And that's why I developed this, this institute was when I was at Cohen Handler, we were trying to solve larger problems around consumer awareness for the industry. We wanted to grow a large business so consumers across Australia would be aware that buyers agents exist, that you can get help. The next problem that I started to see over the last four years was buyers agents weren't growing. Like you said, there's a few hundred and I was like, 75,000 real estate agents. Why is there basically no buyers agents? And to me, that problem was there was no education platform to show someone who likes property or thinks they will be good at pro- buying property. Yeah. There wasn't a platform to help them execute and take turn that into action. So typically, Ben, let's just look at um, some of the some of the some of the clients you've worked with. Just give us a bit of an insight into some of the business problems that people struggle to get their heads around. That you you know those problems that you help solve. A lot of it is around customer acquisition. The majority is around customer acquisition. So where do I find a potential customer from? And in our world as buyers agents, we're not cold calling. We're not calling the vendor or the seller like real estate agents asking, do you want to sell? We are reaching out to prospective partners, mortgage brokers, uh, property conveyances, relationship managers, accountants, financial planners, even real estate agents refer to us as well. We're reaching out to these people to get customers, but it, it is difficult. So you need to have a system. So a lot of these people, they're finding it difficult to not only find customers, but consistently find customers. The third issue is typically around actually signing up the customers because a lot of these customers yeah. have never used a buyer's agent. So when you get into that first meeting, a lot of them are just thinking- Tire kickers. Yeah, tire kickers. Yeah. Do I have to pay and why would I yeah. pay? So there's a whole skill around, you know, I, I think it's an art around orchestrating a, a really constructive meeting where you can add value. I think you've already hit the nail on the head and and- Again, look, I'm a business owner. I quit the nine to five, although I work more than nine to five nowadays. But, you know, that's a choice rather than a requirement because I work for somebody else. So I know that um, when you when you go into running your own business, having the confidence to ask for business is is a really critical thing. And and I think that, um, look, I, I work in media. We, we work with mortgage brokers, with real estate agents um, and particularly mortgage brokers who are really, really skilled at doing what they do. And it's, it's some similarities with being a buyer's agent where customers come to you. But that ability to actually ask for the business is something that which they a lot of them really struggle with, even though they're very proficient in understanding the products, they understand the process, but it's that sort of having the confidence to actually win the business when you sit down with somebody. It's, t- it's tough. And also when a customer's never paid for a service like this before, that was one of the things I found 10 years ago when you're sitting in front of someone who's never ever gone through the process of engaging a buyer's agent and then trying to articulate the value as to why they should pay you for the service uh, can be challenging. So just for, you know, if you're wondering if you haven't uh, either used a buyer's agent or you're wondering what the process is. So for me as a customer, I can give you some insight. So I've, you know, I've used a buyer's agent many times, probably 25 times. The very first time that I used a buyer's agent, and I I was not familiar with the process, but I I understood what the outcome was going to be as an investor. And and for me as an investor, I've I've always seen the benefit. I bought properties before off my own sort of back. I bought some off the plan places. You know what? They'd done okay. But I felt that there was probably a better way for me to buy as a buyer, but I didn't have that. I didn't have the time as a buyer. Um, I didn't have the sort of the market knowledge to go outside of what I knew. So I, I engaged a buyer's agent. New process. The fee business, the buyer's agent that I used was was somebody who was experienced. They were very comfortable in addressing the fee. And one of the ways that they articulated it to me was, and this in this particular scenario, they would charge a flat fee. I know there's a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's a, it's a percentage, sometimes it's a flat fee. 
but they showed me uh, how the fee were factored into the overall value of the purchase. So for me as a, a as a customer of a buyer's agent that very first time, because the uh, the agent was confident and comfortable in terms of addressing the fee, I felt confident and comfortable in terms of accepting it. I know money's a funny thing. And if you are dealing with somebody who is awkward around money, mm. the vibes that go off to the customer, to the prospect, are really so acute. You know, when you're, if somebody gets a bit shifty around a fee because they're uncomfortable at talking about how they're paid, it really kind of resonates. I think that's a really fantastic skill to learn is how to, and you talk about it as being an art, to actually be comfortable talking about money, to be able to articulate how that fee goes into the value of the purchasing process and how the outcomes are better for the, you know, for the investor as a result of that. You're spot on. And that is a common issue as well that we come across is around the prospect meeting, not only uh, communicating fee, but also addressing the potential issues that the prospect may be facing that they actually don't know they're facing. For example, through questioning, they, they may think that looking for six months for an investment property or a PPR is normal. And then when you actually let the prospect know that, my time frame to buy an investment, an IP, is four, four and a half weeks. They go, oh, wow, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Or if you ask the pro, hey, have you found anything off market recently? And they say no. And say, well, I went through 26 off markets in the last week. Um, they start to realize that there are issues that they're facing that they don't even know they're facing because buyers think it's so normal to go through this in Australia. Yeah. So just as outside of the, the actual sort of customer interaction and the positioning of the proposition and sort of, I suppose, really closing the deal, Let's look at some more practical business issues that you that you address so that would face anybody out mm. there in business. So what are some of the other common things that you work with your with your clients on? As a buyer's agent or at the institute? At the institute. At the institute, there's just a lot of constant support around negotiation. Okay. So negotiating with the real estate agent, but also there's a, there's a way to also negotiate with your client to make sure that you know you want to make sure you're always buying the right property at the right price. However, for PPR, for example, you've got to make sure you're not bringing your emotion into it with your client because if your client, they may not want to buy the right property at the right price. They may want to get into that property and pay an extra 20 grand if they have to, to get into their family home. Yes. And that's important to them. So if you bring your emotion into it thinking, I just want to get my client the best deal for this PPR and you lose it for them, it may cost you your uh, engagement. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of, uh, I guess, careful skill around how to best manage the client situations how to service the client during the engagement. There's a lot that we do now in online marketing in terms of finding your ideal customer online. Hey, that's, that, that, that's for anyone in business is a critical Correct. thing. Something which I think can often um, sort of bamboozle people a little bit. I think some people are intuitively good at marketing and, and, and these days as well in terms of digital marketing, it's if you don't feel comfortable with the tech, then I think the, you know, the, it can be very complicated. So I think that's a really valuable Sort of set of training and education to give to you to your clients. Yeah, I think it's very important. And some of the buyers agents within the institute now are running somewhat remote models, so they're buying across different states mm. that they see uh, as as the right spot to invest in. They're using really good research as to you know why they want to get in there, and then through their external consultants like uh, Strata Report, uh, people who provide the reports, building and pest inspections obviously conveyances look after contracts, through their uh, inner circle of consultants, they're getting their due diligence done. And so they're not inspecting the properties. They don't need to. They're getting enough information to feel comfortable that they don't need to inspect it. 
Some of them do, but some of them don't. And so they're running now remote models. So we're, okay. we're, we're talking around how you can actually start to build a remote model now. So it'd be good to get a bit of a snapshot of the uh, the people that graduated from the course. Maybe give us a little bit of an insight into some of the, sort of the high flyers and some of the people who you feel have been sort of really model students and have really gone out there and built a business around what they've expected from, you know, from running their own business and, and also built, you know, built businesses that have been sort of growing and being lucrative for them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's firstly, it's been a privilege just seeing some of these people transform in such a short period of time. And that's why I'm doing this. It's just, it's remarkable. And, you know, a lot of the good students actually started by listening to this podcast. They came to me via this podcast. You know, one of them is Jay Anderson. He was, uh, you know, he's a really keen property investor. He runs jayanderson.com.au now. And his concern, though, initially when starting was he didn't have sales experience. Okay. Uh, he called me and said, I, I don't have any sales experience. And he said, I, um, I can't leave my job. I've got six mortgages and two kids. So here's a classic example of someone who did it part-time. So you can do this part-time. You because don't need to quit your job. A, because it's a five-week online course. So you can integrate this course in with your salaried job in preparation to move into this as and when you're ready. And you can buy property as well yep. while you're working. You can service clients and do this part-time. So Jay, he did this uh, part-time originally. How long ago did he uh, engage in the course? Last year in, I, I believe, uh, June. Okay. And then he spent five months transitioning out of his full-time role, and now he's a buyer's agent full-time. Okay, fantastic. And he's running a six-figure business now. Wow. Does this full-time, and now his wife's involved in the business. So here's another example. And also Luke Bailey, he listened to this podcast. He's in Adelaide. He was an electrician. He was earning good money as an electrician, but he wanted better flexibility. Yeah. So he actually got out of his role as an electrician to increase his flexibility. I mean, he's taken over Adelaide. Yeah, you can see him everywhere. He runs fortier.com.au and got a six-figure business as well. The great thing, though, about, again, specifically about being a buyer's agent, as opposed to going into real estate sales, real estate sales is very territorial. Mm. It's quite confrontational. You know, you've got your office in your suburb and you're sort of very territorial about that around that office. The, the wonderful thing about a buyer's agent is, you know what, you're, it's very fluid. There is no, you don't really bump into other buyer's agents. In fact, from my experience in this industry, it's actually a very collaborative and very friendly uh, industry for buyer's agents yes. because there's so few of them. But it's it's really good because you can you can go along and you're basically, you're spotting properties that are off market or maybe only just listed. And, you, and it's a very relationship-based business because Again, look, stepping away from the business side of things and going into the actual, you know, the actual success of being a, a good agent. It's building relationships with real estate agents in certain locations, understanding how to get the, those off-market properties quickly by delivering to the real estate agents, then also delivering to your customers. So it's, uh, you know, it is quite a, it's quite a nice fluid. There is an opportunity to get market quite quickly, but without that sort of really confrontational, without that sort of grabbing and battling and sort of fighting your competitors. Yeah, you're sp and th that was me. It, it, 11 years ago, I, I wanted to get into real estate, but I didn't want to be a real estate agent to deal with all that dog-eat-dog uh, -dog stuff. Yeah. And it's harsh. So I never got in because I didn't want to become a real estate agent. So when this opportunity came available when I went to the States and realized, wow, so many people use buyer's agents, I can run this model. Mm. It was a blessing. And a lot of people do come into the Institute because they don't want to be real estate agents. Yeah. And, 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 and I think you... Look, good real estate agents make fantastic money and good real estate agents deliver outstanding, you know, results to their clients, but it, it's quite confrontational, you know, because you're just up against a very visible thing, you know, whether you're a fran whether you're a franchise or an independent, you really you know who your competitors in your market are and you're very much up against them to win listings and then to you know to sell properties. But buyers agents just it's just a, a really 
customer-focused, individual, bespoke, tailored service rather than a territorial thing where, you know, I draw a line around my suburb and that's my territory and I'll fight all that come in. So, um, Correct. Yeah. That's why it's a beautiful time right now, not just the business opportunity of, of this industry, but like you're saying, it's very consultative. We're respected. We're trusted in the industry right now as buyers agents. So if you jump into this profession, it's, 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 a, it's a really nice experience. And as you say, uh, you know, sometimes you're, you're operating, and I think increasingly in Australia, it's very complex in America for buyers agents to operate on a owner-occupier type purchase. But I think most often it's around investment. And the great thing about investments is that you sit down consultatively with your client. You understand what their objectives are in terms of an investment objective. And let's, let's remember, it's not about buying bricks and mortar. It's not about the property you buy. It's really about understanding whether that prospect, whether your client wants to generate something that's going to be a sort of a capital growth thing and then maybe, you know, sort of liquidate that in four or five years time for a particular objective or whether they're looking to build a longer term portfolio of a sort of a yield based investments, you know. And the great thing about that is once you look at the objectives of the client, it doesn't drop in a geographical area. So it opens up the entire Australian marketplace effectively. Yes. You know, and we, we all know that, you know, property markets fluctuate, you know, you've got your patchwork type environment. So, you know, whereas things might be flat in Sydney, they're moving in Perth. And when they're flat in Perth, they're moving in Adelaide. And then each, you know, state, uh, each capital city breaks down to its suburbs. So there's always somewhere where an investor can get the right outcome, you know, and, you, and as a buyer's agent, you're unshackled by any kind of geographic location. Yeah, and that's one of the, the key differences between a buyer's agent and a real estate agent. You're not limited like a real estate agent is to a farm area, yeah, that's to right. dwellings. We can find a client anywhere and we can buy anywhere. And there's so much great research out there now. So, you know, for people thinking maybe, oh, well, I don't know Perth, so how would I buy in Perth for my prospective client? There's so much research out there now that you can upskill and educate yourself very, very quickly. So one of the things I want to ask is, uh, and again, we've both quit the nine to five and are both res- in our respective areas. So when you're working with people who've, who've responded to the podcast, they've come along to have a chat about the course, what are some of the common fears that people have about actually making that leap? Quitting their job. Quitting their job. And, quitting their job, liberating and, themselves. And like with Jay, <laughs> the example, he did this part-time. Yeah. So he was a buyer's agent part-time, working full-time. The outcome, he had two incomes. Yeah. So that fear can turn into a massive opportunity. So we like to talk about that. Also belief. People don't believe they can do it. They no. don't. I, did, I didn't come from a sales background. Never. I'd, I'd never actually been in a sales environment before I started my business. So you don't need to come from a sales background and you don't need to have worked in real estate. So a lot of people think because they don't tick the box there that they can't do this. And that's that's not correct. So that's very interesting. So some of the real sort of obstacles are a fear of selling in its broadest sense. And that may be actual one-to-one with the client. It could be in terms of building up your network. So it's that kind of interpersonal, people may feel they don't have those interpersonal skills, but these are things that you can, that you can learn certainly as a focal point for your course. Correct. And another big one is around startup costs. People yeah, think okay. business, operational costs, it's a very low overhead model, this one. Well, I was going to say that because, you know, depending on what uh, what field of business you go into, you know, this is really, it's a very human, you know, uh, the costs are really sort of human capital. Mm. It's your time um, initially because you start out on, on your own You and there's no cost involved with working on identifying areas of opportunity and negotiating with agents. That's really, it's just a time cost rather than actual sort of capital cost. Correct. We don't recommend offices. Yeah. So people running remote, marketing costs. There's very limited costs, some research subscriptions to RP Data or some other research providers, your professional indemnity insurance, uh, your real estate license. It's, it's They're very low costs. Yeah. Like it's less than $7,000. 
So it's only really where you start and, and the, the costs kind of come in when your business organically grows, when you start to look to take on somebody else to support you in the business. And then it's, uh, you know, sort of another somebody else working in that team because you've literally got so much demand that you need to have somebody else. It's almost a self-fulfilling type uh, sort of step in the business. Yeah, correct. Because the Absolutely. revenue is coming in. And it comes in quick. We get paid retainers up front. So when we sign on a new client, we get paid typically three or 5,000 up front and then the rest on exchange we buy. So the cash flow of the retainers, people start getting income coming in very quickly. So just looking at with the ongoing, and you have a, you know you have an ongoing relationship with people who've done the course. There's an opportunity for them to tune in with you on a weekly basis. How many people have you found sort of they've gone in that have struggled with the actual? What are people struggling with? You know, do the people struggle with the buying side? What are, what are the, some of the common things that you find? It's definitely not from what I'm hearing the buying side. It's getting the business up and running. Yeah, it's, it's marketing themselves, building their profile, uh, building relationships. You were talking earlier about relationship building. That's a big part of this. A lot of people might they find that difficult. And that's a really important thing because, you know, with, again, not to sort of play down the hard work that has to go into the market analysis, it's a really, it's a discipline that can be learned. Correct. You know, so so it's not like going into, say, um, an area of business where, you know, where you have no idea about what this, what the actual product is that you're selling or the service. It's a very, very easy service to master. So of all the 300 that have, you know, gone through the course, you don't get anyone who struggles with the actual buying side, but there's the ongoing support and mentoring and, and uh, education available as part of you know, the proposition to learn and to be reminded about uh, you know, the marketing side of things, the client relationship side of things, the networking side of things, the digital marketing side of things, and, 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 and you know, really capitalizing on social media and building your kind of profile out there. And this is an ongoing service and support that, you, that, that is available to everyone who's gone through the course. Yeah, you have to have that. It's not negotiable, and that's why I provide it every week so people feel supported. Guys, you've really got to look at, uh, you know, if you're thinking about taking control of your own future, I, I've done it myself, not not as a buyer's agent, but, you know, I'm, I, I, I took the plunge myself in 2005. I've never looked back. I work harder now than I ever had done as an, as, as an employee. But you know what? That's a choice. And Ben, you know, you took charge of your, of your destiny some years ago. You've never looked back. So now's the time to do it. And don't be daunted by really the, uh, the service that you're going to be offering to your clients because it's thoroughly learnable. It's really about having the confidence to make that move, having the support of somebody like Ben and the Institute, uh, and just really taking that step and actually taking control of your future. You know, to do the five-week course, um, very, very affordable. You have that skill set and that talent there, you know, and it really does pave the way for you to have a better future for yourself. So Ben, how do people take advantage of this offer for April? What's the, what's the next step? Yeah, so the first five people that text message this mobile number, it's 04 05-633-910-0405-633-910 and message just your details plus SPI-001. You'll have access to uh, hear about the offer to see whether it's something that you want to consider. Ben, great catching up. Thanks so much for everyone else. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to drop uh, Ben a line. Let's see what he's got to offer for you and uh, take control of your future. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Quit the 9 to 5 with Ben Handler. For more advice on turning property buying into your career, head to www.buyersagentinstitute.com.au now. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature, does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Guests appearing on this podcast may have a commercial relationship with the companies mentioned.